What's up, y'all? It's your man, Ernest. So you love Ernest. Same guy, different name. Back again with another episode of the Let's Talk About It podcast. So, as I promised, I was going to have a professional in the field of COVID-19. Um, I learned a lot during this uh, discussion with Sandman, and um, I believe you all will learn a lot, too, you know? Um, so, sit back, relax, listen to this podcast i appreciate the listens as always once again we talk about covid19 um how to prevent things from happening uh news how how the news is 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 portraying the information sandman also shares a lot of information about um what's being done about the treatment for the virus and just shares a lot of numbers and stats uh that I've, I found really interesting and, and kind of relieving, honestly, just to have that information. Now, these are numbers that are light, you know, light liable to change. Um, but just to have uh, the stats there, and the, these are stats that maybe some can look up, but I wasn't hearing in the news much. It, it felt good to have that type of information. So, once again, I believe you're going to enjoy this uh, this episode just as much as I enjoyed talking to Sandman. And yeah, to stay tuned. Hello. Hey, I'm here. Hey, what's up, man? Hey, pretty good, man. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I didn't. I didn't catch your name, by the way. Yeah. Um. Just to keep the. I'm not representing my hospital as uh, anything official, so I'm just going to keep to the moniker of Sandman. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Um. Could you tell us like a little bit about? I have a few questions here, but could you just let the us know about what you do and uh, you know, just any, anything related to the coronavirus you would like to share? Yeah. Sure. Um. Well, I am a uh, nurse and a paramedic. I've been in the medical profession for 30 plus years. And um, my current job is in the world of emergency preparedness. So that means that it's my job to uh, prepare my hospital and the the staff that's in it to, uh, well, we prepare for and respond to disasters. So anything like uh, natural disasters, like we just had a tornado strike the Nashville area. Um, we're having the coronavirus right now or the, the COVID-19. Uh, anything that's that taxes our system that's going to take our hospital and put it in what we call a surge, which means there's more patients than what we can handle. We yeah. kind of we kind of call that a, a a disaster in my world, and it's it's my job to uh, uh, create plans on how we respond to those disasters, whether it's natural or man made. Oh, okay, that's cool. Um, I have a lot of questions. I might have to uh, x out a lot of these questions. Um, yeah, that's <clears throat> not sure. If, uh, yeah, I'm not sure if they're like in your expertise. Uh, The first question I had was about the asymptomatic uh, people out there, basically. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just how are they being handled? If you do know of this, how are they being 
handled. I know they're being told to self-quarantine and not be in any contact with anybody because they have the virus, but they're not showing signs of it. They're not sick like uh, many individuals who do have the virus as well. So do you know how are they being handled? Uh, is, is, there, is there going to be a time eventually where they, when this cure does happen, uh, are they going to be cured from it? Or is it, are they told to just stay inside their house until the virus gives them symptoms or anything of that nature? Well, uh, first of all, um, right now, now I can, I'm only going to speak for what's going on in the Tennessee area. Cause I'm, I'm from, I'm in the Nashville, Tennessee area. So I'm not going to speak for the rest of the nation. And right. um, I, I want to make it perfectly clear before I go any further that I am not claiming to be a um, – uh, I'm, I'm not claiming that I'm an expert in COVID-19. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm, and I, I'm not saying that I'm representing the, the uh, medical center that I work at. Uh, yeah. everything that, that I'm about to tell you is based upon my own knowledge and on my own opinions. So, okay. um, I just wanted to get that out of the way first. So yeah. it is, it is my understanding now here in, in Tennessee, we are not testing anyone for COVID-19 at the moment, unless you are sick enough to be in the hospital. Uh, okay. In other words, if we're going to admit you to the hospital and you're you have the the respiratory symptoms of COVID nineteen, then we're going to test you for it. If you're not sick enough for us to admit you to the hospital, you're probably not going to get tested. That's at a hospital. Now we yeah. we do have testing stations that are uh, located throughout the city, and people are under the misconception that those testing stations. When you can go go there and you get tested and you get your result immediately, and that's not what's going to happen. The testing stations are only giving you the test; they're not providing you the results because we're having to send these these tests off to a, a lab, and it's either going to be at your state level, like your your state Department of Health lab, or it's yeah. going to go to the the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention in Atlanta. And either way, it's taking, because there are so many tests, it's taking upwards of nine or 10 days to get some test results back. So you're not going to know in any short period of time whether you have it or not. So when you're saying those people who are asymptomatic, um, yeah. I think you're probably referring to the people who are maybe have been exposed to the virus by being around mm -hmm. someone who has it, you know, and they don't they're not displaying any signs and symptoms yet. I think that's what you're, you're referring to is those who are asymptomatic. So yes, we are asking those people to uh, go home and, and uh, basically quarantine themselves for 14 days, because that's about the, you'll know within, within anywhere from, from five to 14 days, whether or not you have the, uh, the virus or not. Cause it takes about that long for you to start really displaying signs and symptoms and yeah and in the second half of your question is there going to be a cure um 
I really don't think that there's going to be a cure. I think that we'll develop a vaccine for it. Um, mm. And um, it's, it's up to the virus itself, whether or not it hangs around after it makes, you know, gets finished making its, its trip around the world here. Uh, it may be something where um, every year from now on, we'll get a, a seasonal shot like the flu. You know, yeah. everybody gets your flu vaccinations and starting in October or whatever, you know, and uh, or it may be that this thing just goes away and we never, ever see it again. We don't we have no idea. There's no way of knowing right now. Yeah, one can hope for that. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, so the people like the Idris of Albas and, and those who do have it, I just learned uh, Doris Burks, uh, she announced it yesterday that she has and she's showing no signs of illness mm -hmm. um they're calling those people asymptomatic people um yeah okay yeah and, I, see, I see what you're saying just because they they've been exposed they've been diagnosed and they haven't haven't actually started displaying the signs and symptoms yet okay okay so it's it's it, this virus is one of those things where people who do have it positive mm -hmm. uh outcomes they're going to uh start showing signs of it even if it's not like in an initial uh reaction that some people may have had yeah well eventually signs will be shown well it, it can take anywhere from like i said five to 14 days before you start really showing any signs and symptoms and yeah it's it's attacking people who are uh up there in age who are a little older and who yeah. have, um, when I say attacking, and that was a wrong choice of words, it's uh, the, the bad outcomes are happening to, to people who are older and who have mm -hmm. what we call comor comorbidities, which is pre-existing medical conditions. Now, since, <coughs> excuse me, since this is a respiratory virus, if you have any chronic respiratory problems like chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, COPD, or chronic emphysema yeah. or asthma uh, or even uh, diabetes or any other problem where your immune system is compromised. Those are the people who are getting really, really, really sick and dying. Those are the people mm -hmm. that are being admitted to the hospital and they're being put, being put on ventilators to breathe for them. And uh, so if you are healthy and you get this virus Chances are, and this isn't true across the board, but the majority of the chances yeah. are that you'll just have some mild signs and symptoms. Like you might have uh, a fever and a dry cough and maybe a little shortness of breath or something like that. Uh, but mm. if you have an, in a, a compromised immune system or if you have uh, either one of those, those chronic lung problems that I was telling you about, your chances for getting sicker greatly increase and especially if you're elderly because el the elderly's immune system isn't as as robust as as what it was in their younger days obviously yeah. all right all right some good information um i just have two more questions sure. uh i just had uh one of them what are your thoughts on like just the personal coverage i know you can't share much mm -hmm. but uh just on like what what's being covered? What uh, just if you if you can share some things that you feel um, the people need to need to know that maybe the media isn't uh, 
you know, displaying or they're not doing a good enough, a good enough job uh, educating the people on? Well, um, I, I really think that in most cases, the media um, overhypes a lot of things, especially when it's something bad mm-hmm. like this. They're, they're very guilty of yeah. fear mongering. Um, um, but in this very case right here, I think this, this is one incidence where, uh, it's actually turning out to be a good thing. I I think that the, the Mm -hmm. overhyping of the media on this thing, uh, is really helping to, uh, you probably heard the term flatten the curve. Um, Mm, I'll I'll explain that in a minute, but this is really helping to flatten the curve with this, uh, this whole thing with the media and them really overhyping this. Now I'm not trying to downplay the seriousness of of this virus because this is bad, Yeah, you know, Um, but I'm going to give you some numbers here in just a little bit. That'll maybe put this a little bit more in perspective for you. Uh, Sure. But yeah, I think the media is doing a, a really good job of making sure that the uh, American public is as informed as they can be. And, you know, all this, this fear mongering as I, as I call it, they is helping to keep people um, inside. I mean, if you were to, uh, uh, I, I don't know what it looks like where you live, but uh, where I live, it's like a, a ghost town. I mean, there's. Yeah. Same here. We've been on lockdown for, uh, coming up on two weeks, but I feel like, I feel like we're still going to go longer even after this two week period. Yeah. There there are some places that I've heard that um, they've canceled school for the remainder of the school year, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's it, like, I went to the, I went to the grocery store last night just to um, get just a couple of things. My, my wife was making dinner and she's, she's like, Oh, I need some garlic. I think is what it was. So I went to the grocery store to get some garlic and, Man, you you would think it looks like something out of The Walking Dead, you know. I mean, the store is just, <laughs> just is totally just devastated, and you know, I, I don't know who started all this thing about you know toilet paper, but you can't find toilet paper anywhere. Usually, it's milk and bread yeah, is yeah. gone, and <laughs> toilet paper disappeared right. on the shelves. <laughs> but now, getting back to it, I, I really think that that the the news media has done uh, this time around. Uh, their overhyping and everything has has really is really going to help us uh, flatten the curve on this. So I, I, I and as far as um, them educating the public, I think that they're doing um, really well on that too. Um, back in the mm-hmm. early days of this outbreak, uh, we were getting um, changes on how to treat this this virus and what it does. We sometimes we were getting like hourly updates that you know what we just told you 60 minutes ago was now obsolete now we're going to do it like this or mm-hmm. now we've just found out this and what you learned yesterday was no longer true so it's really been hard to keep up on this um how to how to treat it and and what some of the symptoms and signs are and, and uh i'll give the media uh, credit on that as well they've been trying to to keep everybody updated uh, I've, I've noticed uh, several um, news outlets here in uh, the Nashville, Tennessee area have had specials on coronavirus, uh, as they call it, the coronavirus special or coronavirus outbreak. Um, and I think that's really good as well, because they're trying to keep everybody, you know, as informed as what they can. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, 
all of this, all of this is new to yep. us. And I, I, I think that, you know, it's what we're learning as we're going. And as someone who's always criticizing the media and, and just the people in charge of handling uh, things, um, I think there are other things we can critique them yeah. on, but th- how they're handling the news about this, where, uh, again, we're all just learning at the same yeah. time what it seems like. So I, I you know, I, I, I agree with that aspect that they're doing the best that they could to handle it. Could they do better? Yeah, mm-hmm. of course we can all do better. Uh, but, um, you know, they're just learning. Uh, and the last question I basically had was, um, any advice for the people? I know there's always the mm-hmm. wash your hands, social distancing, mm-hmm. things that people are already doing. Um, are there things where you feel as though should be done uh, more or should be more the focal point to make sure that we are, uh, for those of us who don't have the virus, that we don't get the virus? Um, yeah. Um, besides the the social distancing and the wash your hands and and stay inside, you know, don't. It's not yeah. necessarily stay inside. It's it's more avoid areas of mass gatherings. Like if you want to go out in your yard, you're going to be fine. You know, if you want to go for a yeah. walk in your neighborhood, as long as you're not doing it in a crowd of twenty people, you're going to be fine. You know. Um, so mm-hmm. it's not it, you're not going to catch it just simply by going outdoors. It's not that kind of of virus um i think that um the people the 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 main thing besides washing your hands and avoiding large crowds um the number one thing that um i would say is that if you're wearing a mask when you go out uh you're probably doing yourself more harm than good and the Mm. reason i say that is because uh, it, it's a multifactored thing. And uh, number one, just a, a a regular cloth mask like you see a lot of people wearing, or if they like they tied the bandana around their their mouth and nose or whatever. Yeah. That's not that's doing zero good as far as protecting <laughs> you from the virus. Now, mentally, it may give you peace of mind, and and certainly I understand that. But um, if you're yeah. just wearing a piece of cloth, whether it's a cloth mask or like I said, the bandana tied around your face, you're not doing any good as far as protection goes because the the virus can pass through that. Um, And when you do wear a mask, if you're wearing, say, a a proper medical mask or or something like that, um, you are probably about three to five times greater chance of touching your face because you're adjusting the mask and you know blah 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 yeah. and and you, you touch your face a lot anyway and that's that's another thing that people's trying the message they're trying to get out is stop touching your face yeah you don't touch your face. um yeah. so if you have a mask on you tend to touch your face a little bit more and i mm. people are reusing their masks a lot which is if you're going to yeah. go out into a crowd of people you don't know if anyone has it or not so you just have to assume that everyone's infected right and mm-hmm. so if you're going to go out in a crowd like to the grocery store and you're wearing a mask you should not take that mask into your home you should not reuse it you should consider that mask to be contaminated and oh. because if if there is the virus 
if you're exposed to it and it gets on the outside of your mask, it may not go through the mask if you're wearing a, a proper in what they call N95 mask. It may not yeah. go through that, but it could be living on the outside of it. And then if you take the mask off and put it in your home or touch the outside of the mask with your hands, now you've you've got it in your home or you've got it on your hands if you don't wash your hands or whatever. So, you know, the, the wearing of the mask thing, while it's it's probably helping to flatten the curve some, uh, it's just there are so many factors that could go wrong with that. Like um, people are, are going and buying the N95 masks like from Lowe's and Harbor Freight and all that sorts of stuff. And mm -hmm. to, a true yeah. medical version of the N95 mask, you, you have to be fit tested for those. There are sizes. And if you're not wearing the right size, you're not wearing the right mask and you're not wearing it properly. Yeah, it just and like so if you're wearing the wrong size in 95 mask, there's going to be gaps and stuff like that, you know, that uh, uh, the virus can get through. Um, I see a lot of people wearing masks and they just have the mask over their mouth and their, their nose is exposed. Well, wh what do you breathe yeah. through? You breathe through your nose. That's why have the mask on right. is to prevent stuff going in and out of your nose. So if you're wearing the mask just down around your mouth, you might as well just not wear it. So mm. yeah, that would be my advice for the public is, is if you're going to wear them and I'm not saying don't wear a mask by all means, if you want to wear a mask, please wear it, but just be very uh, cognizant of, um, you know, if you're, and you may only have one mask. I get it. You and and yeah. you don't want to throw that mask away, but maybe you could find a place in your garage or something like that to store it in. Put it in a paper bag or a uh, Ziploc, big Ziploc bag. If you're going to store it in your house, mm -hmm. just keep a, a a paper bag or a Ziploc bag with you. And when you get into your car, take it off and put it into your in your bag. Um, you should probably uh, um, wear gloves when you take it off and put it in the bag and then take those gloves and throw them away. Uh, it's, it's a lot easier to buy yeah. gloves, the, the medical gloves than it is to, to buy the masks, you know, so you can get a box of those yeah. somewhere. Um, but yeah, you, you, you really need to, to think about um, contamination being on the outside of the mask. And if you only have a cloth mask, then uh, you need to, if you go into a large group of people like, i.e. the grocery store once again, and you come back home, wash yeah. that sucker. Just throw it in, throw it in the in the yeah. in the um, sink with some soap and water and wash it, or throw it in the 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 laundry and wash it. But you you, you need to wash it, especially if that's the only one you've got. Mm. That's good. That's good. Uh, yeah, because I, I know a lot of people with the mask, and I know a lot of people with just one, and I wanted to give them that advice, but I didn't, again, I'm not yeah, anywhere yeah. in this field. So I just, I didn't want to give them misinformation. Yeah. So for you to confirm that at least if you're not going to throw it away, at least mm -hmm. wash it. If not immediately wash it uh, when you can yeah. or whatever. Lysol. Um, I mean, I don't know that I haven't oh, seen yes, any yes. studies that Lysol kills the virus, but I mean, what the heck might as well do it, you know? Yeah, people have been, uh, you know, uh, going crazy mm -hmm. over Lysol because on, on the uh, can it says kills 
nine yeah. percent of viruses and germs and viruses and things like that. So I guess because of that, they feel that um, you know coronavirus is one of the ninety nine percent of viruses that Never it kills. Know. Who knows? Um, but yeah, um, I appreciate you coming on the show. I appreciate all the information. I learned a lot. <laughs> Yeah, I learned a lot. So I know uh, people listening to this are learning as uh, well. And uh, thanks again. If there is anything you else you would like to tell the audience or just yeah. I, I know you can't share much, but anything else? Yeah, uh, yeah. I, so. I would like to take a, a, a just a few minutes and talk about a, a few things. Um, one of the things that that really um, ticks me off <laughs> And, and this is this can this goes back to the news media with their their fear mongering type thing is as uh, I <laughs> saw I, I can't remember what show it was. It was one of those morning shows like uh, Good Morning America or the Today Show or one of the, one of those shows. But they had a doctor on from the UK. And uh, they were talking to him about what's going on here in the States. It, it made no sense to me. Why are you getting a doctor from the UK yeah, to talk about yeah. what's going on here in the States? And they asked him, is the U.S. behind in their response to this, you know, this outbreak? And he said, in my estimation, that the United States is about two weeks behind. And that really ticked me off. N number one, because he's in the UK. He's not he's not here. He's, I mean, he may have been boots on the ground in the UK, yeah. but not here. And. So, you know, that yeah. the news media had to go out way outside of our country to find someone to talk to who's going to tell them this, you know, because it's probably what the info they were looking for. But when it comes to preparation, mm -hmm. I, I will say this. The United States government is behind the curve on their preparation and response to this outbreak. They are. Uh, but yeah. but I figured the private sector is way ahead of the United States government. We in the private sector are dead on in our response yeah. to this thing. We started preparing for this whenever it started breaking out of China. You know, when so back in like 2019, yeah, yeah, it, 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 right? it, China didn't report on it until, um, December, like the first or middle part of December of, of last year. And those of us who are in the world of emergency preparedness, as far as the, the medical side of it, we started watching this thing. And when it started getting outside of China, that's when we started getting worried. And we're like, okay, we need to start, you know, making some preliminary plans here, you know? And so we started, the private sector started, getting ready for this a long time ago and it's 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 funny that you can look back as only march and you you know say three months was a long time ago but we did we started getting prepared for this a lot longer i think than you than the united states did and the cdc messed up because there were testing kits that were available and the cdc said no we want to make our own testing kits we don't want to use those that are already out yeah, there man. And so that delayed a lot. And then the test, the first batch of testing kits that they sent out, half of them were screwed up. They didn't work. They weren't right. Mm. So the CDC, who I, I love the CDC, but I have to say that they, they dropped the ball on this as well. 
but the the private sector we were as prepared as what we could be but unfortunately we can only be so prepared without the help of the federal government the federal government has to step in and help provide these things like the testing kits and and stuff like that and the key to this thing the way that we're going to get accurate numbers on it is you have to test everybody that's symptomatic not not everybody in the whole entire world but everybody that comes in with the following symptoms i have a fever Yes. And a clinical fever is greater than 100.4, not 104, but 100.4. So if you have a temperature of 99, you do not have a low-grade fever. You're normal, okay? So if you come in with a temperature of 100.4 or greater, that's a fever. If you have a dry cough, if you have shortness of breath, and you've had these symptoms for 10 to 14 days, you need to get tested for COVID-19. That's the only way we're going to get accurate numbers on this, you know, and we're not testing everybody. Why? Because we don't have enough testing kits. Why do we not have enough testing kits? Because yeah. the people who need to provide those things to us weren't prepared. So it's a, it's a snowball effect. And um, <clears throat> I think one of the things that we need to, the, the first thing really that we need to, to get straight in our heads is that, this should not be continually called coronavirus. We need to call it by its true name, which is COVID-19. COVID-19. COVID-19 is a coronavirus, but it's not the coronavirus. There are dozens of coronaviruses. If yeah. you've ever had a, the common cold, you've had a coronavirus. So we get pe people mm, in, the, in our ER who we're, we're testing and it's coming back and it's saying, well, you have a, a coronavirus disease, you know? And so we're, you know, they look at their discharge papers and I go, oh my God, I got the coronavirus. N no, you don't. You don't have the, not, not, not COVID-19. You have a coronavirus. Yeah. So not all coronaviruses, you know, are like this. The reason that this is so bad is because this is brand new. We've never seen it before. We have no immunity built up to this. So this is why yeah. it's so devastating, it's you know, and it's going to take, you know, like I said, it may take a couple of rounds for this to go around before we build up an immunity. We may get what's called herd immunity, which is, you know, we just kind of pass the immunity on to one another, you know, um, or we may never see this again. We, we don't know. There's just no way of knowing, but yeah, if 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 we would start instead of calling it coronavirus, if we would start calling it by its proper name, COVID nineteen, then that would kind of um, it. I think it would. It's the first step because there are lots of coronaviruses out there, and just because you get diagnosed with a coronavirus doesn't mean you're going to die. You know, unless you're diagnosed with COVID nineteen mm. specifically. Um, just some numbers that. I thought are very interesting. Um, the, the common mm -hmm. flu has probably about a 6% mortality rate associated with it. And right now, yeah, just with the current figures that, that we have on um, the, excuse me, on, on the, the COVID-19, it's got about a, just a little over four and a half percent mortality rate. It's got a 4.67% mortality. So just under the common yeah, flu? 
So it's yep, just, just under the just common under flu, the common flu right now. So if you get the flu, yeah, you stand, yeah, you know, a, a greater chance of dying. So, you know, there's that. Yeah. And right now on the, on the current numbers, what I'm looking at is, is there's 614,884 total confirmed cases throughout the world. And there's, mm. um, been 28,687 deaths. Now, the world has about 8 billion people in it. And just looking yeah. at those figures, if you were to calculate it out, it comes to 0. 0.00035858875% of the world's population that's dead. So way, way, way under even half a percent of the world's population that's that's died from this. So you got to put that into global yeah. perspective. And, and up until yeah. now, and we don't know yet how this is going to go down in history as far as, you know, diseases go. But um, right now, yeah. the greatest, um, I guess, disease that we've had was the Black Plague back in the 14th century. Uh, it killed anywhere yeah. between 30 and 60 percent of the world's population. But now we only had about 475 yeah. million people in the world at that time, you know? So, um, yeah, you gotta look, you gotta look at that too. But the, the black plague is what you, is the big one that you have to compare it to. And it killed a heck of a lot of people. So we're not even, you know, on track for that yet. Um, and, uh, another thing, another number, I'm kind. Of, I'm kind of big into percentages and numbers on this thing to kind of, yeah. So, so people can Go kind right of get ahead. a perspective. Yeah. So, um, like I said, we've had um, six hundred fourteen thousand eight hundred eighty-four total cases of this globally. What the news media mm -hmm. is not really reporting, and what you're not going to see a lot of, it, it, they're going to focus on the deaths. You know, but. They're not, yeah. And, and there's been, been, like I said, 28,000, almost 29,000 deaths. But what they're not reporting on is are the number of people who had it and then recovered from it. Yeah, I've only seen exactly. like two recovery stories so out of the 614,884 yeah. people who have had this disease on the planet. There have been a total number of 135,671 people that have recovered. Yeah. So wow. that means that it has, you have a, a, a recovery percentage of 22.5%. Um, well, just a little over 22%, 22.06%. So, it, you know, that's, yeah. and you have a, 4.67% chance of dying and a 22% chance of recovery. So that's, that's pretty good. You know, um, that's, and that's, and I'm not a statistician. That's just me just playing with numbers and stuff, you know? Um, so, yeah. you know, uh, looking at the United States, we have about 300 and just a little over 327 million people in the United States. And right now we've got a hundred, just a little, almost 105,000 people who are, confirmed to have had it so as far as our population goes if you look at a map on the u.s i mean it's just spread out all over the place but really we've uh had uh 0.03 percent of our population that's even been um 
affected by this thing as far as actually Thank having the disease. So, you know, the, the numbers show that it's out there and that it will kill you. But if you look at it in a global perspective right now, even though we're saying it's a pandemic, it's not, um, it's not as bad as what it could be. Now it's always has the chance to get worse. And a lot of people are predicting that it will, mm -hmm. we just don't know. Uh, and yeah. I said that I was going to explain the flattening the curve deal. Uh, so if you look at, yeah, right at like a, like a bell curve, like it, it goes up and it goes down. And what we, what they mean by flattening the curve is, is, is what we're trying to do by this social distancing and isolation and quarantining and all this is that we're trying to keep the, the virus from hitting us like a sledgehammer and making the top end of that, the, the first part of that, that curve go spike up really high. And then, and then as the, the virus mm -hmm. goes away or we get a handle on it, we're going to see it spike down really quickly. So it'll look more like a, a TP type curve. What we mean by flattening the curve is we, yeah. we don't want this to hit us like a sledgehammer. We want it to slowly spread through the population and hit us slow. So the curve goes up more like a gradual slope instead of like a TP. So that's, that's kind of how we're, we're approaching it and how we're, we're thinking we're going to handle it. If we we're we know we're going to get a lot of people who get sick, but we want to get these people slowly so we can handle it better in the healthcare system and not get slammed with them all at once. And that's kind of what they mean by flattening the curve. If that made any sense. Yeah. Yeah. I understand. Um, pretty sure if people have um, <clears throat> any questions, comments, concerns, uh, can they, they can hit you up on Twitter? On Twitter. My Twitter handle is at para real radio. That's P A R A R E A L. R-A-D-I-O, at Para Real Radio. Yeah, and I'll definitely have his contact information or his Twitter um, in the description box below, people. So uh, hit him up if you have any questions, if any of the questions I asked, um, you know, didn't get answered. But once again, man, I, I thank you. Yeah. I appreciate all the information you shared and yeah, I, I feel a lot yeah, better yeah. about. Don't this, let your honestly. guard down, though. Um, keep, keep keep up your faith practices. You know. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I appreciate you having me on yeah, the show and definitely. on your show, and I, I appreciate uh, uh, you giving me a chance to kind of help set <clears throat> some of the record straight with what's going on, and and just you know, I think it's a, a, a mm. it's good for the American people to hear from someone who is kind of boots on the ground, and um, you know. I'm I'm not yeah, going to be doing a lot definitely. of sensationalizing like they do on the on on TV and everything. I just I want to give people what it's really like yeah. and what we're going through. So, and I appreciate you giving me that opportunity. Exactly. Would would it be okay if I plugged my exactly. podcast? Yeah. Oh, oh right. go ahead and plug so, anything yeah. you want, man. <laughs> so <laughs> I I, I host a, a podcast called Para Reality, and you can find it at www.parareality.com. And it's it's not a ghost hunting podcast. People think, oh, paranormal stuff. No, it's not a it's not it's not that type of, of <laughs> podcast. I talk about anything unsolved mysteries, any weird stuff. I mean, sometimes we do talk about some ghost stuff, but mainly it's a lot of uh, just weird, unexplained mysteries. Maybe you've had a an event happen to you that uh, you can't explain, and you're looking for answers. Well, you can just uh, 
get in touch with me on my podcast, parareality.com and, and hit me up on Twitter at Parareal Radio and we'll talk about it. Maybe we'll get you on the show. All right, cool. Uh, can you send that uh, link to my DM so I can I have it in the description box below? All right. All right, people. There you have it. So, <laughs> like I said, I, I was going to have someone who is more educated on this than I am on the episode. So I'm just glad to have that uh, someone here. Sandman, once again, thanks for yeah, thanks coming for on the me. show. I really enjoyed it. And yeah, man. Uh, people, check him out. Check out, uh, once again, if you have any questions, if you have any questions, concerns, hit him up. Check out his podcast as well, man. All right. All right. So you take care, man. And thanks thanks for your service. Thanks for everything that you're doing. Yeah. I forgot to say that. I wanted to make sure I said that before we got off, man. Thank you for everything that you and all the other uh, medical professionals well, you're, out there. Are doing. You're very welcome. And it's, yeah, it's always just, great to hear that because we don't, we don't hear enough thanks. So I really appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, man. All right. Thank you. You uh, too. Stay safe, man. Once again, I would like to thank my guest, Sandman, for being a guest, being just a really great dude, and for what he's done. You know, not not just in this podcast, all the information he shared for all of us, but what he's doing right now uh, to make sure that we're all safe, to make sure this country is safe. And I think that he, his colleagues, and anybody else in the field... I need to understand and just need to know that I uh, need to hear really how much they are appreciated. And after all of this, um, all of this, meaning the coronavirus and we have it under control to a point where we can go back to living our lives, not as crazy as life was before, but go back to living our lives outside of our homes. Basically, um, after all of this is over. I would really hope that we look at our medical professions or people in uh, fields uh, such as Sandman's field or just other essential workers out there as valued people, people who not only deserve more money, but people who need to be seen as the real heroes out here. You know, I'm a basketball fan, I'm a sports fan, and I understand the allure of sports and all that other stuff, but we need to look at these people, not the athletes, but the people in the medical fields and the essential workers are as our heroes, as the people who should be highlighted every day, or at least highlighted whenever they do something that is benefiting us all. Athletes at the end of the day, sure, they provide a sense of entertainment, a sense of hope, you know, all these good things, athletes, musicians, and every, uh, celebrities in general. But a lot of what they do is for self and for obviously those around them, of course. Um, and you have essential workers who are doing for everybody else. And I think that needs to be rewarded, not just monetarily, but 
on a societal standpoint as we see these individuals. Uh, so once again, I just want to thank Sandman for uh, being a guest on this show and just for everything that he's uh, he's done and that he's continuing to do. I would really appreciate it if you all would once again go to the description box below. Check out his Twitter. Hit him up on Twitter. Let him know how much, uh, how grateful you are. Let him just thank him. Check out his podcast too. That will also be in the description box below. Check out his podcast as well. Heck, I will check it out. That sounds interesting. I'm going to check it out after all this is said and done. It's not like I have anything else to do other than edit this podcast and relax, you know? Uh, so definitely check out his podcast. Definitely let him know um, he's appreciated. And let all the essential workers out there in the medical field and grocery stores, let them know how much you appreciate them and appreciate what they're doing. Don't thank me for providing entertainment or providing the avenue for uh, someone to come on here and educate you all on it. I mean, I'm grateful for it, but I'm not as essential as these uh, guys and gals out here. So um, thank them. Let them know every day that they are appreciated. Their work is appreciated in what they do. And once again, once all of this mess is said and done, we really need to look at these individuals, the beautiful individuals that they are as the true heroes that they are. I understand people look at police officers and firemen and, and paramedic uh, workers in general as heroes, but we really need to actually look at the essential workers right now um, as the true heroes that they are and they need to, uh, and they deserve to know that. So that's what I have to say about that last announcement. I will have, I will make, before I uh, end off today's episode, because that that's all we have for today, folks. But um, I might take a two weeks break just to, uh, you know, all of my life, really. <laughs> and I don't want to make this a long, drawn out thing. Um, but I've realized I've never really actually taken a vacation before. You know, not a real vacation. Yes, there's been like spring breaks. I never really traveled for spring break. And heck, my spring break was not really a spring break because it is coronavirus thing. Uh, well, COVID-19. Let's get the name right as well. COVID-19. Uh, thank you, Sandman, once again for uh, letting me know and letting us know about that. Um, but yeah, I'm just going to uh, disconnect. For two weeks, uh, disconnect from the internet. Um, and it might, it's a possibility. I will know for sure if I'm going to be able to do that Tuesday, the Tuesday after the Monday that you're possibly listening to this episode. Because as you all know, these episodes are uploaded every Monday morning, and you might be listening to this on Tuesday. But I will know for sure, for sure on Tuesday, um, if this two week break from just the internet which includes me not doing these podcasts for the two weeks, um, if that's going to be a thing or am I just going to move it in the future? It is something that I do plan on doing in the future um, a lot. I won't say that, it, and they're just going to be sporadic. They're not going to be at specific times of the year um, or a specific time of the month. They're just going to happen whenever I feel 
um, it is a good time for it to happen. And I've, I'm, you know, I've been having these feelings uh, for the past week or so. So I did want to leave you all with a podcast episode before I did that and just and at least let you all know what's up. So for those who are wondering, you're not, you know, in the lost of, you know, what's Ernest doing, what's going on. And, oh, my God, did did they kill him because he exposed the truth of COVID-19? No, <laughs> no, I'm fine. Um you know, I'm not getting death threats and nothing like that. Uh, I'm fine. I'm fine. It's just, if you're wondering, I'm on a break. I, I probably will chime in from here and there just to uh, get in contact with people if they are contacting me. Uh, but it's just a disconnect for two weeks. And <clears throat> like I said, I do plan on doing them more in the future. Uh, just so I could get in tune with more of myself and my spirituality and just everything else like that um, without the outside noise. But it's going to be sporadic. They're not going to be planned. And I do not plan on for this, at least this first time around, I do not plan on going for longer than two weeks. So two weeks, people, that's all. Two weeks without a podcast. I'm, there are plenty of episodes on this podcast. And I also have another podcast that will be linked in the description box below to my two cents podcast where I talk music. If you're unfamiliar with that podcast, you can go there and check that podcast out um, and listen to those episodes. If you are all caught up somehow on the Let's Talk About podcast. Also, Sandman has a podcast as stated. So you can check out Sandman's podcast if you're unfamiliar with his podcast, okay? Um, you know, there's other people out here creating, other people out here doing things. Um, I do appreciate you all to listen either way, though. Um, but that will be the end of this episode of the <clears throat> Let's Talk About It podcast with your host, Ernest. So you love Ernest, same guy, different name. Check out the links once again in the description box below. Hit up Sandman. His Twitter will be in the description box below. His podcast will be in the description box below. Let him know how grateful you are for his service. Um, support his podcast as well. And support all the other essential workers you know as well. And if you want to know firsthand how you can support Sandman, if you're in the, uh believe he's in Tennessee, if you're in the Tennessee area, you want to support uh let him know. Let him know. And I'm pretty sure you all can work that thing out. Um, but yeah, until next time, until next episode, stay black. If you're black, stay beautiful. Black Lives Matter, LGBTQIA Lives Matter, Trans Lives Matter, Black Trans Women Matter, Black Trans Men Matter, Black Women Matter, Black Men Matter, and you matter, whoever you are. You hear from me when you hear from me. Peace out.